My name is Naomi Krogman and I'm an Associate Dean at the Faculty of Graduate Studies and Research at the University of Alberta. I'm here with Lynn Kirkland. She's a communications consultant and owner of Simply Effective Communications and an instructor at the University of Alberta. We are here today to talk with Lynn about how to optimize communication between the supervisor and the learner. Hello, Lynn. Hi. Lynn, I want to ask you, how do you think a supervisor can cultivate a sense of safety for the learner if they encounter problems or challenges? I think there's a, a couple of things that a, a supervisor can do. The first one is if you can establish a common purpose for the communication, a common goal, a win-win. At the beginning of a relationship in an orientation or an initial conversation, it signals we're in this together and make sure that you're both on the same page in terms of what you want to achieve from either a relationship or the communication. And that's something that you can come back to if things ever go sideways, and we can maybe talk about that a little later. The other piece is just to invite students to bring forward challenges, problems, issues, concerns, either in that introductory meeting where you say, you know, I, I would really like if you encounter any challenges to bring them forward sooner rather than later. Once we know about them, then we can resolve them. And that's something, it's kind of like setting ground rules at the very beginning of that learning relationship so that people know it's a safe space mm -hmm. to bring their issues or their concerns forward. And then if you're having a meeting, you can integrate that invitation as part of the meeting. Ask them whether there's any challenges or concerns that they're experiencing or that they have. One of the questions I like to ask is, what's the thing that's giving you the most grief right now? Or what's the thing that's keeping you awake? Or is there anything that, any problems or challenges that you're having that we should take a look at? Those kinds of phrases within a meeting and just being intentional about including that as part of your meeting, I think goes a long way to creating that safe space for students. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that you normalize that problems will come up. Yeah. And let's talk about them. Right. Lynn, what are some general good communication practices to work productively together without any big surprises or building resentments? Uh, one of the things that, that I think works really well or has worked really well in my experience is just a place where you stay curious. And when I say that, you're open to hearing what the other person has to say. And you're typically asking some really good questions, what and how questions that keep the conversation moving in a positive direction and future focused. So that's one thing, stay curious. The second part that you, or piece that you can do related to just making sure that you're avoiding any bumps in the road or big surprises is to carve out some dedicated time for good communication. So set aside some regular meeting time. It doesn't have to be long, it can be 20 minutes in length, but it's scheduled and it's honored. And when you do that, then you can be proactive and get in front of things before they become issues or resentment builds. So let me ask you too, Lynn, what are some good practices for starting difficult conversations? Let's say ones where a supervisor may not be happy with a learner's work. My rule of thumb around difficult conversations is listen first, talk second. And so typically what I would do is 
get a sense of where the learner is at related to the issue or the challenge or where they're not meeting expectations. So just asking them, so where, where do you think you're at related to whatever it is? And if they identif- self-identify it as an issue, then you can go right into problem solving or solution finding. If they're not aware, then it's a different scenario. And what you want to do is focus on the facts. In that situation, facts are your friends because they're most persuasive and least controversial. So what you want to share with them are the observable behaviors. Was it, what is it specifically that you're noticing that would cause you concern? And then how does that compare with the milestones that they need to reach or the expectations that you've set for them or that they've set for themselves? And in that way, you illuminate the issue and still maintain the safety of the conversation. And then from there, you can go to solution finding. So, Lynn, what are some strategies someone can use if they are in a conversation with someone and find themselves starting to feel angry and defensive? In those kinds of conversations, awareness is so key. Uh, Both awareness of yourself, that you're feeling anxious or angry or um, that there's emotions that are creeping in to the conversation, and awareness of where the other person is at, where the learner is at. And the two things you want to look for are silence or violence, and this comes from crucial conversations. Um, Silence is what it sounds like. People get really quiet. They withdraw from the conversation. It might not overtly look like they're withdrawing. They may do the smiling and nodding thing, or they may take copious notes but not be establishing eye contact. It's when the conversation becomes very one-sided that you know you're in the silent zone. The other thing to watch for is the violence, and the things that you look for there are defensiveness, or sarcasm potentially, the conversation might get almost like verbally aggressive. And in either case, what that signals is that safety in the conversation has been lost and you need to move out of content to reestablish the safety. If you stay in the content and you continue talking, the risk is that the communication will be compromised. Mm -hmm. So people aren't going to hear what you're saying if they're in silence or violence, if safety has been lost. So how do you reestablish safety? There's a couple of things, actually, that you can do to reestablish safety. One is to go back to that common purpose. So if you've established a common goal or a common purpose for the conversation, then you can step out of the content and go back to that and say, I think it's really important to remember that the reason we're having this conversation is because I care deeply about your success. I want to make sure that you can get to that next milestone in a timely way. And so it it signals, okay, we're in this together, we're on the same page. That's one thing you can do. The other thing you can do is to paraphrase what you're hearing. And sometimes when people get aggressive with their language, they don't they're not aware. And just paraphrasing back to them what they've said is a, an almost an aha moment. And they go, that wasn't what I intended to say. So paraphrasing back mm-hmm. to them what they've said, and that can reestablish safety. And sometimes it just isn't possible in the heat of the moment, and you need to just take a time out. And that's mm-hmm. okay. And say, I don't know that we're going in a positive direction at this point. Uh, maybe we can reschedule 
uh, or set up another time to revisit this issue or this topic. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to push you a little further on this because mm-hmm. I am curious. How would you deal with someone raising their voice at you, maybe even using uh, profanity? That How would you try to reestablish safety there as a recipient of that? It, it, it's You can use mirroring, which is another tool, and just state what you're seeing or state what you're observing. Okay. So I notice your, the volume of your voice has increased significantly over the last couple of minutes, and I notice that you're using profanity. And that makes it difficult for me to continue this conversation in a constructive way. Okay, so reflecting on all of this, what would be, let's say, your top three communication practices that you think would benefit supervisors of learners the most? So there's three and and a bonus one, and the bonus one is really something we've talked about already, but I think it's worth restating, and that is having that common goal for the meeting or a common purpose. It sets your intent for the conversation, and you can go back to it if you need to reestablish the safety. So that's the bonus one. The other three are firstly to get good at asking quality questions. And if you're asking what and how questions, what you're doing is helping people discover their own best solutions or their own best answers. And if, if it's their solution, they're more likely to follow through on it. So what and how questions. When I see conversations going sideways, Often what I hear is why questions, and why questions get people looking backwards for reasons, excuses, rationalizations, and justifications. So in effect, you're creating defensiveness Hmm. simply by the type of question that you're asking. So what and how questions that help people find their own best solutions. That's one. The second one is to phrase your statements or your communications in the positive. So focus on what to do versus what to avoid. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you keep people focused on the result you want them to achieve. When you phrase things in the negative, what they shouldn't do, then that's where the emphasis goes. That's where the attention goes. And negativity breeds negativity. And then the last one is power listening. And when I say power listening, what that is is just being fully present in the conversation, giving somebody your full attention, listening with curiosity and staying open to what the person has to say, and then listening beyond the words. So looking for the nonverbals that may contradict what the words are saying. So really giving somebody your full attention So what advice would you give to supervisors on how they can keep these practices alive in an environment of deadlines, workloads, and day-to-day pressures? The phrase that comes to mind there is an, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so recognizing that by having good communication practices, you're going to save yourself time in the long run. So investing some time up front in establishing some communication preferences or um, a high-level purpose for the relationship or the interaction, doing those things up front will allow you to make more effective use of your time. Closing your communication in a clear and effective way is sometimes something 
that is missed either because we run out of time or we're just so excited about what what we've covered but just taking a little bit of time to close the conversation clearly can make or break a communication so checking for understanding asking the person to summarize the content of the meeting so what what's your takeaway from our meeting today and then what are there any actions so my takeaways for this are blah your takeaways are whatever it is and attaching some structure to it so a what by when by who and are there any supports that you require to make that happen when you spend that time at the end to clearly close then you know when the person leaves your office that you're both on the same page Mm-hmm. And if you're not on the same page, you can course correct in the moment as opposed to thinking, yeah, we've got this and both leaving with very different understandings of what you achieved in the meeting. I have an example that I can give you. I was actually asked to facilitate a conversation between a student and a preceptor and the student was struggling and we went through this conversation and throughout the conversation it was largely one way. And so again it was a signal that it was never safe for the student and what the student was doing was just taking copious notes through the entire meeting. And at the end I I just had a niggly that something wasn't right so I asked the student to summarize her takeaways from the meeting and it was silence. Despite the fact that she had taken a plethora of notes there wasn't anything that she had really truly heard or absorbed and if she had left the meeting if we hadn't done that last step then we would have all left going two thumbs up that went really well i said what i needed to say it wasn't being received mm-hmm. and so it, we needed to pause at that point and reestablish safety and then recover some of the information recover on a number of fronts mm-hmm. um but recover some of the information that was discussed great example lynn thank you so much for your time today we really appreciate your wisdom it's so applicable to so many things we address here at the university and i just want to say once again from naomi krogman associate dean at fgsr really appreciate your contribution here my absolute pleasure thank you